From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. The long bond, the U.S. Treasury 30-year bond, continues to rally today, even as stocks in the United States come back, rising for the third day in a row. Does this make sense? Well, according to our next guest, it does. One of the big pieces of fallout from the Brexit vote is we're going to have a slower for longer global economy, keeping a lid on inflation. This is certainly going to support this bond market rally. Kevin Giddes is going to be on with us shortly from Raymond James here in New York today. He's also going to talk about the bank stress test and why the Fed keeps raising the bar for banks that are probably in better shape than they've been in a long time. Now let's get to Catherine Cowdery. She is in the Bloomberg Newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Kathleen. And Bloomberg Taking Stock brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. The stock market is extending yesterday's gains as global markets continue to recover following Britain's vote to make a break with the European Union. There's speculation that policymakers will continue to counter the effects of the withdrawal. Jim Paulson, chief investment strategist at Wells Capital Management, says the market can continue to advance. I really think there's good odds that we're going to set record highs before the years out here in the S&P 500. There was some good things going into Brexit here. We, we, we've had a very broad-based rally off the uh, January-February lows, um, which was unlike the rally we had last August or, or the, even the one we had from the almost correction in 2014. Those were narrow, narrow-based rallies. This is broad-based. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up 265 points, 1.5%, trading at 17,673. S&P 500 up at 34 points, 1.6%, trading at 2,069. The Nasdaq is higher by 90 points, 1.9%, trading at 47.81. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up a dollar, 79 a barrel, 3.7% at 49.65. Spot Gold up $10.20 the ounce at 13.2810. And the 10-year Treasury unchanged with a yield of 1.46%. And now let's get an update on some of the other stories we're following today on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. Survivors from Tuesday's terror attack in Turkey are telling their stories. Stephen Nabil was at the airport in Istanbul with his wife when the attacks began. He describes his desperation when he suddenly realized his wife had disappeared. I saw the sea of people flooding toward me and I was just pushing through them, trying to get through to her. I was praying God that she didn't leave the area. Uh, as long as I could find her, at least I could take her safety. And then 
That's when I saw him in the corner and I saw the bullets flying. Nabil's wife survived the attack. Meanwhile, Sam Spinato's flight had already taken off from the airport in Istanbul when she learned of the attack. She landed safely in Atlanta. I started thanking God that I was in the air and that he was watching over me and that I was fine. No one is claiming responsibility for that deadly attack at the airport in Istanbul, but Turkish authorities are blaming Islamic State. 41 people were killed, another 239 were wounded. President Obama offered his condolences to the people of Turkey. Authorities say a terminal at JFK Airport was briefly evacuated this morning after a police dog flagged an unattended bag. A spokesman for airport police says roads in and out of JFK's Terminal 5 were closed for about an hour. The terminal was reopened after bomb squad officials gave the all clear. Former Nassau County Executive Thomas Swazi won a five-way Democratic primary race in the Long Island District of retiring Democratic Congressman Steve Israel. Swazi will face Republican Jack Martins in the general election. Swazi ran unsuccessfully for the 2000 2006 Democratic gubernatorial nomination, losing to Elliot Spitzer. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. This is Bloomberg. Catherine? Thank you. And now let's get an update of the benchmarks. Dow Industrial Average up 262 points, trading at 17,672. S&P 500 up 33 points at 2,069. NASDAQ higher by 89 points, trading at 47.81. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. Taking a look at the bond market now, interest rates across the globe are near record lows, many of them now in negative territory. No wonder that investors are finding yields attractive in the longest dated corner of the $13.5 trillion Treasury market. The yield on the 30-year, the longest bond of all, touching the lowest since February 2015. Have we hit bottom on yields? Have we hit the highs on price? The more this goes on, the more you think we had. And yet, every time someone seems to be sure that's the case and this is going to turn around, the rally just picks up again. Kevin Giddes is here, head of fixed income at Raymond James. Joining us in our New York studio today, Kevin, welcome. Kathleen, thank you very much. You know, the image I get is, you know, like say if you're on a boat and it takes on water and one end keeps sinking, so everybody keeps trying to get up toward the bow of the boat. That's what the 30-year bond is now. No, it really is. And, and I think if you look at it um, in the U.S. in general and dollar-denominated bonds uh, of safety have become the item of interest for the globe. Um, so, And there's very little to fear uh, from an inflationary standpoint or uh, the U.S. economy heating up, which would, which would drive yields back up. So there's, uh, there's still room to fall in interest rates uh, based on global conditions. But more importantly, we're getting such a mixed bag out of the uh, U.S. economy. It just adds to the appeal of, of buying longer dated uh, securities. And, of course, the uh, we got stronger consumer spending for two months, stronger since 2009. That's nice. On the other hand, the inflation gauge that the Fed is watching is now down to 0.9. It's even farther away from 2.0. How much of of that argument that, you know what, there's more growth. You know, you might even get 2.5% this year on GDP, but the inflation pressures are not there. How much is it that, Kevin? If I'm like you, I'm I'm dealing with investors all over the world, big institutions, how much is it also just because there's been so much of this uh, move towards negative rates? Look at the JGBs, the Japanese government bonds, minus 0.24, the German Bund, that's a 10-year, minus one3 Three roughly, which is which is the big driver? Or is it both? Well, it, it is both, but I think um, you know, if you're a big institution, 
um, and you're looking to, uh, let's say you're a big bank and you're not making loans, that where, where your margin lies, um, you have, with a lot of cash still coming in, very little moves in which to make in your portfolio that don't include uh, domestic bonds and specifically uh, U.S. Treasuries if you want to remain safe and up the curve for when this thing does turn, if it ever turns, or we just become uh, Japan's economy. But but mostly it, it is the return of choice. And if you go outside of the U.S., uh, returns and risk and liquidity um, are, aren't there. So uh, you see the flood of the money in, but you also see that money staying here uh, taking small risk bites along the way, searching for yield that they're not getting from uh, typical lending. So uh, we're, we're ha- how do you play this then? You just look at this as the benchmark and say, um, okay, I, I know what I'm, you know, what I'm going to build a bond portfolio on. Where do you buy bonds if you want to, if you want to hold them maybe and actually learn the yield? Seems like an old fashioned thing now because you can't earn much yield on anything now. Well, probably the, you know, the oldest good story in the bond book right now continues to be tax-free bonds. Um, and because it not only provides absolute yield, um, it provides, uh, and I'm talking about high quality municipal bonds, uh, in particular, um, the yield, the safety, the liquidity, and then the, uh, taxable equivalent returns when you compare it against a corporate bond or a, a, a mortgage bond or something that, uh, in the taxable space, uh, it, it's 100 basis points or better in yield pickup. And so a, a lot of that money has been flooding into the muni space. Uh, the taxable muni space is even better than the corporate space. Uh, defaults are lower, yields are higher, better advantage. So it, it's a it's a small game to play, but there's a big enough market to uh, uh, to, to accommodate investors. So last week we got the first uh, look at the bank's health in the first round of stress test. We get the second uh, version of it today. I think you make a really good point in a note recently that uh, the actually – the, the banks are in better shape than ever, but it's, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's almost like the Fed keeps raising the bar. That doesn't sound good for banks, and why is the Fed doing that? Well, there's two things going on, obviously, in, in these stress tests. The, um, uh, the banks uh, want to pass them, so they've put, you know, a lot of liquidity, um, uh, in capital on their books, uh, so that they can uh, repay shareholders. Two, the Fed wants to make sure that the banks can absorb losses, uh, have liquidity, continue to lend, if there's uh, an 08 style crisis. So what they've done is say, okay, 08 becomes now uh, the benchmark for what uh, we look at when stressing banks, and let's see if we can't take it a little further uh, and and how how do they react in these scenarios. So um, I think that the Fed will continue to do that. They will continue to look for something bigger and more substantial than 10% unemployment, half the, the the equity portfolio is falling apart. 15 seconds left. Uh, any any When it comes to big banks and corporate bonds, is there anything that you like? Um, the, 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 yes. The, you can just go straight up the curve um, and, and look at, at the at J.P. Morgans of the world and the Wells Fargo's and some of the stronger banks and, and get spread off of their corporate debt. Um, the rest of it, though, becomes more of a safe haven play. All right, Kevin Giddes. So happy he's joining us in studio today. He's head of fixed income at Raymond James. We're going to continue to follow the markets today from stocks to bonds and energy. We're going to also be looking at Turkey. After the the terrorist attacks on the airport there, we're going to find out what it means for the president and the economy on Bloomberg Radio. 
Bed in Focus, brought to you by Willoughby since 1898, New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action-adventure cameras. Willoughby's at the corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.